following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. I kind of like that they say that. You know what I'm saying? This is the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I want to thank you so much for spending part of your Sunday morning with us, getting ready for paying homage and honor to our fathers next week. So if you, got, if you haven't gotten your shopping done yet, you got about 168 hours or so to run out there and get something for dad. Uh, last week, we were talking about something that was uh, controversial, the abortion question. So this week, we decided to lighten it up and talk about something that nobody ever argues about, <laughs> end times prophecy. <laughs> only, only in certain circles. Know, all Christians <laughs> hold exactly the same view on this topic. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's, it's, it's big stuff. You've already heard our voices. We're joking. There's a little nervous energy in the room, a little shadow boxing going on, working up a sweat. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner. I'm always sweaty. You know, I can't, I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ.com. You're not going to get a better plug for a church than that. The pastor's always sweaty <laughs> at Household of Faith in Christ. And uh, Daniel Rasby, he's not looking that sweaty, actually. Uh, so I guess nothing. He, or, he might be sweating on the inside, but he never lets him see a sweat. Uh, he's one of the pastors at the Church of Pizza Imrams on the north end of Frederick County. I'm in the center of Frederick County. And on the south end of Frederick County would be David Forsey, who what he does for a living causes him to sweat. That's true. And would make me sweat an awful lot because you get up in the great heights and the scoopy tops of the trees and stuff. Yeah, not, not just the physical exertion of my my job, I suppose. There are some there are some nerves, you know, when you, when you get up there 100 feet. And... Yeah. Don't, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you literally couldn't pay me enough because I couldn't do it. I could physically couldn't do it. I, I I would freeze. I could not climb. There's no way I could do it. It was very it was very difficult when I first uh, first started. So, end times prophecy. Enough uh, <clears throat> enough uh, beating around the bush. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, that there are two major camps when it comes to only two. The end times. Yes, yes. One is people that uh, care a whole lot about it, and oh. pe- and then the, the other one is people who. <laughs> Don't care very much about it. Hmm. I feel like there's important <laughs> subcamps within even those camps. That that's true, but those are those are the two major. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, so I think it might be might be nice to to go. Can you give a sentence about what you think are the most important things about the end? From in your view, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, one or two sentences. I, I wonder if uh, the the thing that you hear the most about, and I'm wondering if it would make sense to start here, and if not, we can kind of do a round robin thing. That's fine, but. Uh, the thing that you hear a lot about in an American church context is the rapture. Right. I mean, that comes up the rapture. a lot. There's a whole book series and movie series, Left Behind books and all that by uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. was huge. They sold millions and millions and millions of copies. It was like a pop culture phenomenon back in like the 90s and early 2000s. And yeah. It spawned a kid's version of the series, too. I mean, this was like... and. And little paraphernalia, you know. They probably had figurines and, you know, I mean, they had everything. It was crazy, crazy. Kirk Cameron starred in one or two of their movies, I think. Right. And it's, it's a big deal. And I, it, it's particularly big in America. We can talk about more why that is later on if we want. So I don't, we, we've been doing this show for coming up on a year of shows now, or at least nine months worth of shows. And we've known each other for years. Um, and I don't know that I really have a strong sense of where you two fellas are on these questions. So this isn't a loaded question. I'm curious, do you subscribe to the idea that there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture where Jesus comes and, and calls his saints to himself and removes them from the planet before things get really hairy? David, you want to go first? Do you? Well, we're, uh, we're, we're jumping right in. Um, 
No, I, I don't think that I do. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just haven't, I haven't seen a, a convincing argument um, based on Scripture for that. Uh, I mean, I guess the the passages that people most often think of when is when you know maybe when Jesus is talking about uh, telling the disciples, you know, some of the things that are to come, and you know, says, you know. One person's going to be, you know, the two people are going to be doing something together, and one person's going to be gone, and the other person's going to, going to still be there. And and there's there's a whole camp of people that believe in a reverse rapture that the one taken is actually the, that's the culling of of the wicked, and the ones who left are the Christians. I don't subscribe to that either. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a reverse. Yeah, I, I've never heard it called a reverse rapture I, I, or anything I've, like I've that. I've run across a number of people that. that I, I do think that, that the text that because uh, it's, it's in uh, Thessalonians that Dave is talking about, I believe, and uh, I, I do believe that if you read that passage in context, those that are taken away aren't taken away to safety; they're taken away to destruction. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about in uh, in the Gospels, yeah, and Matthew in particular. Oh, okay. two, two women are grinding. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yep. well, same, one, one right, right, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a pas- different passage in Thessalonians. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Yeah, but the same thing, though, right? Because it's talking about in the days of Noah, I think, is the context there, isn't it? That don't happen suddenly. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, so, my- so you're on the record. You're a <laughs> denier. <laughs> All right. So I think the rapture is given a lot more weight than it really should be by most, I would say most evangelical believers in America. Um, it's not nearly as big of a thing in the Bible as people make it out to be. The second coming of Christ is well talked about and, and talked yeah. about a lot, but the rapture as an event is a very small, insignificant part of that if it happens at all, and I think you can point to some things about a rapture, the idea that all of the, the believers are taken up to heaven at once, that, that it does say we who are alive and remained will be caught up uh, or take, taken up, uh, we'll meet him in the air. It, we'll meet him in the air, I, I kind of envision that as we're meeting him as he's coming back down. That's the, you know, we're coming right. out to meet him, like the bride is coming out to meet, uh, uh, you know, the bridegroom. Uh, when, when he's coming to get his bride, we're kind of meeting each other. So that's where I see that, and it does talk about things like at the last trump, well, what is the last trump? Probably not the beginning of the tribulation. If you believe in a seven-year tribulation, I would say the last trump would be the either the last of the seven trumpets or it would be the last feast of trumpets, which is either way, it's, it's towards hmm. the end of the seven years, <laughs> if that was the case, um, if you want to use that, that as, a, as a time marker. But I think that's, that's still... There's a lot more to unpack there, right? Because there's a whole group of Christians that believe in a literal seven-year period that either is coming soon or maybe has already started or, you know, uh, maybe is coming far from now, that that's the last bit. And then maybe there's a millennium or maybe there's not after that. Maybe that's literal a thousand years or not. But this that's a future thing or, like, you know, maybe we're in it and we haven't noticed that we're kind of started that, but we're... But, but that's a, a literal tribulation. There's a whole other group of Christians that think most of this stuff already happened about AD 70. That's what be amillennials or postmillennials. And they, and they right, say, look, yeah. and a we, lot of this is figurative. It's not really... And we can talk about some of those a little more specific. I mean, we could be here for, for weeks and weeks talking about some of them. But we'll touch on some of those differences maybe specifically too. But um, and I, was, I was busy p- pulling up some of the Bible passages that uh, have come up so we can maybe talk about them in context and stuff. But... So, you have some sort of a modifier. I'm trying to 
I wasn't tracking 100% because I was looking at, up the Bible passage, but you have some sort of a modified uh, rapture view? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say if you want to call it a rapture, that's when we, we meet him in the air as he's coming down to get his bride. So that's probably the middle towards the end of a tribulation. And I believe in a literal seven-year time period. And when he comes down to get his bride, then he, does he then finish the trip and come all the way back to Earth? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is at the end. Right, right before the millennium. That's so, where, that's where so I So are you going with, so, just so I can kind of get my head, and somebody listening who knows something about these labels, would you then fall into the uh, a post-trib, pre-millennial yep, camp? Yeah, I would, I would probably, yes, but there's, there's things, there's, there's, you always have to define the terms, and so I, that's probably the closest I would, I would fall into. Um, I, but see, to me, the rapture is not nearly the most important thing, and so I don't focus on it like a lot of people do. Um, yeah, now, it, I'm it, assuming, you said Matthew, you're talking about Matthew 24, I'm assuming. That's the, big, probably. that's the big end times chapter in Matthew. Yeah, and I'm not sure which particular thing, it's talking about the signs of Christ's return. So, hey, a little Bible lesson right here, live on the show. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, that's like the first half or third, I guess, of uh, ish of the chapter. So I don't know if that's, that's not the passage you're talking about. But those that think that they're going to be rescued from a tribulation, it seems like in, in that part of Matthew, they're being told to expect tribulation. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest danger with the general feeling we have in America, uh, if you subscribe to a pre-tribulation rapture, is that we're not appointed to wrath. That's a verse that's often quoted. Oh, we're not appointed to wrath. Hmm. And so that's equated with, and therefore we won't ever have any really bad stuff happen to us. And then you get the prosperity gospel and you get God as a vending machine and all those things that go along with that. But it's really dangerous to subscribe to the idea that God is going to save us from any bad stuff or pain or sorrow or grief or anything like that. It's never going to happen to you if you just have enough faith. That's not what's commanded. In fact, it says, Jesus said uh, earlier in Matthew, blessed are you who are persecuted, right? You should expect persecution. I've, I've heard pastors say before, if you are not being persecuted, you're not having spiritual warfare, you're not having the devil attack you, then you're probably not a very strong Christian. You may be, maybe you're saved, but you're not really a threat to the devil if he doesn't care about you enough to try to attack you and tear you down, right? So you are to be expecting to be persecuted. And I think that's the, the biggest danger with 
the evangelical church thinking, oh, well, it'll be okay. I'll be raptured before anything really bad happens. And then we're not prepared for persecution. There will be a great falling away when there is persecution in, in, the, in the church in America. And the Apostle Peter, I think it's Second Peter, he, he, not only does he promise it, but he, counts, he calls it a privilege mm-hmm. to be persecuted for Christ. And people forget so, around the world there are, there are Christians being tortured and killed exactly. for Christ's name today. So how come they didn't get raptured, huh? Exactly. I mean, seriously, that's the question you got to ask. Right. And, and I, I think the not appointed to wrath is a little bit here's, – here's what I if, – if you're really hung up on that verse because that's what's really taught, right? We're not appointed to wrath, therefore we're going to get raptured. The, God works in similar ways throughout history. He, he foreshadows, right? And there is near fulfillment and far fulfillment of prophecies. That's a concept that we can go into more detail at some point. But I see the end times as being very much like the Exodus, but whose wrath? We're not appointed to whose wrath? The wrath of God. Right. Of course. We're saved. Exactly. Our so, wrath is poured out on Christ. Right. Simple. So what's but, that have to do with the rapture? Well, let, well let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's unpack it because I think, I think the Exodus is a really good uh, analogy, right? So if you think about the Exodus, there were 10 plagues in Egypt. And the first couple, the blood and the, and, the, and the lice and the frogs, they affected everybody, including the Israelites who were in Egypt, right? But did Israel come out of Egypt during those plagues? No, they came out at the end, right? After all of those terrible plagues. However, the last several, God made a distinction. He protected Goshen. He protected Israel inside of Egypt, even though all of Egypt had these really bad things happening. But God did not bring Israel out until after the destruction was complete. And Pharaoh's army was drowned and everything. And then Israel came out. But Israel didn't die during that. The, the, the Israelites were still there. They were still a nation, still a people. They had hard times. They got worked harder by the taskmasters. They had some of the original plagues that really were kind of a, a, a wider spread. They applied to them with the blood and the lice and the frogs. But the, the darkness and the, uh, you know, um, the firstborn for sure, all, all, all of those later plagues that were really the wrath of God being poured out on Egypt – that did not affect Israel. So I, I kind of see the church as that we're going to be in the end times. The church is still going to be there. The church is still going to be persecuted as we are now. We're probably going to be persecuted even worse, much worse during the final years of tribulation. But we aren't facing God's wrath. God's wrath is poured out. And he talks about in Revelation, there's you know, the locusts come up out of the ground and God says, wait, 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 don't touch anybody till we've marked who the Christians are and you can kill everybody else or torture everybody else, right? So there are things that the Christians are being protected from, but that implies that Christians are still there during that time. And if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you've got to justify how there's all these Christians there. Oh, they must have gotten saved after they saw people there because they got left behind, they got scared. Okay, well, you have to invent all these doctrines. Right, and they're protected from spiritual devastation right. Right. is really what's going on there. These are spiritual locusts that are coming up in, uh, in Revelation chapter 9. Those aren't actual physical out of the ground locusts. They're so it depends on your interpretation, but the things. That, so actual out of the ground locusts are going to be running around stinging people for five months, uh, like with tails like a scorpion. I think that's probably the best way he could describe <laughs> what he was seeing. But yeah, I, I expect him to be kind of physical things, the demonic for sure. Exactly right. But physical yeah, because, things that you see. Right, because there's the. Uh, you know, the, the the angel of the abyss is given the key mm-hmm. to the angel of the abyss. Right. It's spiritual language. Yep. And Jude, Jude says these angels are reserved in chains until a certain time. And I think he's so, Jude has been talking I th- about some I of the things. I think that's important for Christians to, to, you know, if you're listening, you're a Christian, you need to understand 
You can agree or disagree with some of the things that we're going to talk about on this show, maybe next week's show, and the show after that, for who knows how long we'll want to talk about the end time stuff. But you need to know, if you're truly counting on Jesus Christ as, you know, your substitutionary atonement, like he is your salvation, you are spiritually marked safe. You were just alluding to that. You know, hey, whoa, let's, right. let's make sure that everybody's... You're in Goshen. You're, you're in the land of Goshen. You're marked safe. Now, are you going to go through hard times? Maybe, maybe not. Now, you might be on the side that says, oh, no, I'm not going to go through those hard times because before things get really, really bad, you know, Christ is going to come take me away. But my, my, you already mentioned it, Daniel. I'm concerned. Like, what about the guy who got beheaded in the Middle East because he's a Christian? Yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, that's that's where it begins to fall apart. Let's 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 go back into uh, pick up with verse fifteen of Matthew twenty-four. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get things that are. In his house, whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now nor ever will. Unless those days had been cut short, life would have... Life would have been saved. No life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever so we'll the corpse it. is, there the vultures will gather. Yeah, it, it, it's not some sort of secret rapture, right? I mean, it's, it's plainly obvious to everybody if there is a rapture. Right? Or, or in this case, the coming of Christ. The, the coming of, of It'll be obvious. Right, right. Yes. Talking again there about the tribulation, about being cut short. Now, this is uh, a passage that... I mean, we can, this might be a good time to transition and talk a little bit about some of the different views of end times. We'll begin with the preterist view because they like this passage. And they're saying that the fullness of the wrath of Christ came and he returned in his full wrath in AD 70 and destroyed the, uh, the, the Jewish religion, devastated the temple, no stone left upon another kind of thing, and... Uh, Animal sacrifices end forevermore at that point. And so they're saying, that's it. That's the moment. And the preterists really like to focus on that. And so they're not expecting another coming of Jesus. He already came as far as they're concerned. And they would center on some of this language here to make that point. I don't think any of us agrees with that. No, I, I don't agree with that. Now, I would say there's variations with that. Some, a lot of people, uh, I know many people that believe pretty much all of it happened in AD 70. However, Either now we're in the millennium or we're going to be in the millennium at some point, And then after the thousand years are over, and they, they may, they, these people would subscribe to a, a non-literal right. thousand years. But after that, Jesus is coming back again because he's going to fight the final war against Satan and, and all of his armies. And then we'll have a new heaven and new earth. So there is still a coming that the, it, mo, many preterists right. still Well, what I just to. described would be the, the preterist position or what is sometimes for clarification purposes called the full preterist position. But then there is the partial preterist position, which actually I hold to. So what you, much of what you just said would actually, I would nuance things a little bit differently there, and I, I will as we move forward, I probably, but 
um, I would agree that something really momentous and important uh, happened in AD 70. Um, I, I think Jesus starts off that, that passage by prophesying about that. <clears throat> and that leads the disciples to ask about, uh, you know, about the destruction of the temple. Mm-hmm. And that leads the disciples to ask sort of more questions. And so I think part of what's going on here is that Jesus is, he's answering sort of more than one question. He's talking about more than one event, more than one happening. Because right, they even Histo- ask, they historically ask more than speaking, one yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So well, it's of, like it's like uh, in, in Isaiah it says, "The Lord Himself will give you a sign; virgin shall conceive and bear a son." And and then there is a, there is a child born like right after that, and then he kind of repeats a similar prophecy. But the prophecy is really about the virgin birth of Christ. It's not about whatever kid is born later to talk to, uh, you know, with Isaiah and stuff. There's things happening at the time. There's a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment of yeah. the, of the prophecy. Passover is the same thing. There was a near fulfillment of the Passover, the protection there, and then the actual Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, was crucified and he rose again. That was another fulfillment of Passover. So there's, there's dual fulfillments. God works in, in, in ways like that in all the prophecies. So it, why wouldn't he do that with the tribulation? I, I don't know why he wouldn't. Now, could, can you, I mean, it's not your area of, of emphasis. Certainly and not. So you probably don't even <laughs> like the question, but... Um, those who know the labels and what they mean, are you able to throw some of those labels out and say, this is my view? Like, I would, I would count myself as one of those I don't par- think you know, so, yeah. partial preterist, amillennial uh, view, so I don't, I don't believe in, uh, in some sort of rescuing rapture uh, kind of right. idea. Um, so that would be my position. Do you have something that you, you know? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, somebody asked me what my what my end times views are. I say, well, uh, Jesus is coming again, um, and when he does, uh, he will, you know, make all things right, you know, both judgment and new creation, and uh, you know, but I, and and there will be. There will be trials and suffering and persecution until then, until everything is is made new. Um, but I, you know, and and that is sort of like a uh, that that sort of like is is the okay like that that's what happens once all that's accomplished, you know, and not sort of putting a time frame on on that. That is like the the beginning of like of the eternal age. Right, that's the end of this age, and the beginning of of the next. And uh, you know, but I think when people say end times, they're they're sort of saying, okay, like, yeah, how do we how do we understand where we are now? What sort of things will happen leading up to uh, to that second coming? Right. Um, you know, and 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 again, I I think. I think we sort of brought up a, an important point of understanding um, when looking at Scripture uh, to try and understand it, um, and maybe a couple of important points. One being, um, one being, all right. So, you know, these these prophecies are, you know, they have uh, some depth to them. You know, they're not just all talking about one thing all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, that's one thing. And then, um, uh, I forgot what the other point was, but I'm sure it's important. Well, too. you've Maybe got a I'll whole week to think about it because we're out of time <laughs> on this week's show. And so we'll pick this back up. We've got so much more that needs to be said, I think, and to clarify. This was uh, kind of a, a clumsy kickoff, to be honest. So hopefully you'll track with us. We'll, we'll clean up and be a little more on point, I think, and, and, and pointed in trying to define things. and. And really to be a service to you. I mean, we're trying to grapple with this. We've already had this conversation before. We're trying to get a sense of where are we coming from. But ultimately, you're what's important. And we want to make sure you understand what the issues are, what people think, how to understand them. And so we'll do, we'll, we'll do that next week on uh, on Father's Day, as it turns out. So that'll be our gift to you. Uh, Daniel Rasby, uh, David Forsey. I'm Troy Skinner. We thank you for listening to the show today. You can join us online at WFMD.com or householdoffaithinchrist.com. Till next week, God bless.